Thank you, Helen. So, hey, we just want to say a big welcome to anyone joining us online. Uh, thanks for tuning in. If you're ever down here on the Capri Coast, come say hi. Be a part of what's going down. You are so welcome. Uh, church, why don't we put our hands together for those watching online. So Kyle and me, we're married now. We've been married for one year and five months. Um, he actually keeps record of that, not me. So he reminds me these things. And uh, before we got married, obviously, we had to have a wedding day because that's always really important. And so uh, the build-up for our wedding day, we wanted everyone that we had grown up with at our wedding. And we both were raised in church, so we knew a lot of people. And so we uh, got our wedding invites ready. And we had two types of invites. The first invite was the ceremony-only invite. So that was kind of open to everyone. You could bring your uncle, your sister, your third cousin. We didn't mind. We sent it to everyone. And no one had to RSVP because we were just like, if you want to come along, come be a part of what's happening. And so we sent those out. And then we sent out a second type of invite. And it was our reception invite. And our reception was quite small. Um, we had around 80 people to that. And so because we had those amount of people, because weddings are expensive, you know, if you're married, young people, you will find out. Start saving now. And so we sent out our reception invites. And those were RSVP. So we needed to know if you're coming or if you aren't coming because uh, if you couldn't make it, there was somebody else that we would get along to that. So you had to RSVP to it. Anyways, as we're drawing closer to the wedding, it's all becoming a reality. And I'm sitting upstairs in the church office one day. And as I sit up there, I start getting messages from people that are invited just to the ceremony. And I just want to put a full disclaimer on the story, by the way. Because um, <laughs> some of you may be sitting in this room right now, and I realize that this is quite an awkward story for me to tell. I am a fool in this story, not you. Okay, and I'm sorry if you're like, oh, I wonder if it was me. Please don't ask me after the service. It's awkward enough. I have to share this. But uh, uh, pretty much what happened is I was sitting upstairs on my computer, and all of a sudden I started getting messages from people. And one person said, hey, I'm just letting you know we, we can't make the wedding. And I looked and I was like, oh, it's, it's all good. Hey, no worries at all because they were invited to the ceremony. And I said, thanks for letting me know. You didn't have to, but thank you. And then a little while later, I got another message from someone and they said, hey, we are so excited for the wedding. And I was like, oh, my goodness, they're coming all the way down from where they live to to come to our wedding, this is amazing because they're only invited to the ceremony. So I was like, wow, this is so, so cool. And I said, I'm so excited too. And then, then I got another message and it said, hey, is it all good if we bring the kids? And I said, oh, bring everyone. I said, it's fine. And then they said, no, I mean to the reception. And I was like, hold up, what is going on? And I sat at the computer and then I started kind of piecing things together. And this is not an exaggeration. I got up out of my chair, grabbed my laptop, and I went over to my sister, who was the receptionist at the time, and I was like, gee, I, I think I've done something wrong here. Because people are, I don't know what's happening. And she was sitting there, and she was like, what? Because she's normally the crazy one. I'm normally quite sane. So she was like, what is going on here? And so I grabbed my laptop. I ran down the stairs. I drove all the way home, which actually is just the next road here. So I drove around the corner, and, and I went home. And this is not an exaggeration. I lost my mind. I went into the room and there was two boxes. One said ceremony only invites. One said reception only invites. And I grabbed the ceremony invites. I started ripping them open. I was At this point, I was sobbing, okay? I was sobbing. And they all, as I ripped them open, said reception invite, reception invite. And I had sent all the reception invites to ceremony only people. And I started 
screaming. I started hitting the garage door. I started hitting myself. And my sister walked in and she saw me losing it. She started crying because she'd never seen me so stressed out in my life before. And yes, there's a point to this story. I, I, I in that moment, was so worried and so stressed out, I couldn't actually function properly. Because I just thought, oh my goodness, everyone's going to think I'm a horrible person. But thank goodness that even though my sister's a little bit crazy, she's really onto it and organized. She messaged every single person and said, hey, look, Grace has done a little bit of a hiccup here. Uh, Invites are swapped. Uh, Actually, you're only invited to the ceremony. I'm really sorry about that. And she fixed it. But I was worried that I would lose friends. I was worried that people would be upset with me and mad at me. But it turns out that people are really, really nice. And my sister was amazing. And today, really, I just want to talk about worry. Because I believe in life, we all get worried and we all get stressed out about things, whether it's our past or our future, or maybe how our past might affect our future. We all sometimes get a little bit worried. But my Bible says in Matthew 6.25, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. And then it goes on to say, each day has enough trouble of its own. I love the Bible. It gives you some hope and then it slaps you right in the face. Let's pray before we go any further. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it reveals things to us, that it speaks truth into our lives and in our situations. I pray for every single person here today. Father God, whatever they may be going through, I don't know, but you do. So we pray that as people leave here today, that stress, worry, anxiety, whatever it may be, will break off their life and they will walk out of here with a peace in their heart. Holy Spirit, help me to say only what is necessary and needed. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen, amen. So I'm 26 now, and um, that's halfway to 50. So that's when I think of it like that, it's a bit more scary. And one thing I've learned about getting older is that things don't get less stressful. Um, When you're a baby, everyone worries about you. But as you get older, you worry about everything. And so when I was a teenager uh, and I was in uh, high school, I'd worry about who my friends would be, uh, if I was cool enough, if my outfit uh, looked okay, because someone told me once that I looked ugly and I cried. And so I would worry about things. And as I got older, I worried about things like, who will I marry? And, And I know people, if you're a young person or young adult, you might worry about that. Who will I marry? Have I missed them? Are they the person I'm dating now? I'm, I'm so, I have no idea. I'm a little bit worried because what if it's the wrong person? We, we might worry about family situations. I know being a youth pastor, uh, young people can worry about whether mum and dad will stay together because they're fighting all the time. So they worry about that. They worry about the test that might be at the end of the year or not having Wi-Fi because that's scary for a young person. If you're older, you might worry about your kids. You might worry about their education. You might worry about their friendship. You may worry about their walk with God. Will they believe in God when they're a little bit older? I'm not sure right now. You may worry about your own marriage. You may worry about your job, what you're going to do, your finances, whatever it might be. We actually all carry worry. So the uh, title of my message this morning is called Borrowing Tomorrow's troubles. So if you're taking notes, write that down. Borrowing tomorrow's troubles. We all worry about things we can't see. So if we can't see, we freak out over things. And I uh, I don't know about you guys, but has anyone ever borrowed something? Can you put your hand up if you've ever borrowed something in your life? Okay, I, I like to borrow stuff, not so much now, but when I was younger. And I love when you can borrow something that you really need in life. Like if you're cold 
and you've gone out for a walk and someone says, oh, hey, you can borrow my sweater or my jersey. And you're like, oh, my goodness, thank you so much. That's so, that's so kind of you. You're so considerate of me. And so they fulfill a need. So you're like, wow, that's, that's really cool. Or, or maybe it's your car's broken down and you need somewhere, something to get from A to B. So somebody says to you, hey, I've got two cars. You can just borrow one of mine. You're like, hey, thanks. That's actually a huge favor. Thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate that. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a pen. Maybe it's a phone when yours has gone flat. Maybe it's money. But the great thing is when you borrow something that you're in need of, it fulfills something. It actually helps you out. But the weird thing is, is when people borrow things that they don't actually need. Like young people all the time love to borrow clothes. They don't need more clothes. they got full closets. But they'll be like, I have nothing to wear. Can I borrow one of your two t-shirts? That's what young people do. They don't need it. It doesn't fulfill a purpose. They're not missing it in their life, but they borrow it. And I started to think last night, oh, what are adults borrow that they don't really need? And so I rung Pastor Natalie. I said, Pastor Natalie, I need your help. What do adults borrow that they wouldn't necessarily need. And she was like, oh, just let me have a think. Um, and she couldn't really give me anything. And I was like, thank you. You've been very, very unhelpful. And so we ended the conversation. And the thing is, parents, we, parents and adults don't really borrow things that they don't need. Okay, my mum has a whole lot of clothes, but I'll still borrow from her, but she never asks to wear any of my stuff. I'm not sure why, because she knows she has everything she needs. But one thing that people do borrow, and this is everyone, I reckon, sometimes is just worry, stress, and trouble, and I've got a bit of an illustration here to show you. Today we're in Sunday, right? And so there's some things that are going to happen today in your Sunday. Like today, you had to come to church, and you weren't sure if maybe someone was going to sit in your seat, or maybe you were like, oh, what if this person doesn't talk to me, and things get really awkward, and I'm not really sure, and oh, what if I, I, I really want to lift my hands and worship, and I don't, and I'm too nervous, and I'm really worried about this, but it's okay because you're in Sunday, so you can handle that. And then after church, you're like, I've got family dinner. Last time I had a family dinner, it didn't go so well. I'm a little bit nervous. I hope it goes better this time. Last time things got a bit awkward and and it's okay to worry about these things because you're in Sunday, so you're allowed to. But but some people are in Sunday worried about what's going to happen on Monday. Like, oh my goodness, my baby's, my baby's going off to primary school and what if she has no friends and what if people bully her? And I'm so nervous. I'm so worried about her going to school tomorrow and I have that interview tomorrow and what if I don't do, what if I say the wrong thing? What if I embarrass myself? What if I trip over myself? I'm so worried about Monday and it's only Sunday. And some of us are even crazier than those people. Some of us are already in Tuesday and Wednesday. Worried about having to pay that bill. What if we don't have enough? What if we haven't saved? What if we spend it? What if I see that person who's hurt me? What if I don't know what to say to them? What if I go to connect group and no one talks to me and we borrow tomorrow's troubles, but we were never meant to? God has given us what we need for Sunday. And we're borrowing the stress and the worry of Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday and bringing it into today. And it doesn't actually benefit us. It doesn't actually help us do what we need to do. We're just borrowing it because we think we can. We borrow tomorrow's troubles. 
Uh, have you guys ever seen those movies? I have. My husband is an amazing husband, as I've already pointed out. Whenever we watch movies, he gets to pick the movie one out of a hundred times, and it's normally a cartoon kids movie, and then I pick the rest. But I love watching rom-coms, romantic comedies, for those of you who are not sure. And I love the ones where you have a boy and a girl, and they meet in kindy, and their parents are best friends, and they grow up, and they're just unbreakable. They're just the cutest little kids. And then as they get older, in primary school, they stay. It's like the unbreakable bond. And, and they stay best friends in primary school, and then they get to high school, and they're still really good friends, but he starts to date other girls, and she just, you know, she's in love with him. And she just waits for him because she's like, this is my man. And he doesn't even notice her or see her like that. And all of a sudden, another guy sees her for everything that she is. And he goes, I'm, I'm going to get this girl. And so he swoops her off her feet. And her best friend all of a sudden is like, where's she gone? I don't even realize how, how much I love to hang out with her and, and spend time with her. And he says to her, I didn't understand. I didn't realize that what I needed was right in front of me all along. Now, my point is not to do with relationships, but maybe you're looking all around and you're worried about everything around you and God's put it right in front of you. You're worried about what might happen and you're missing what is happening. I want to just, I guess, give three kind of points today or keys on how we can actually not worry about tomorrow not borrow the trouble and the stress and anxiety of it, but actually do really well in every day. So the first thing I want to say, if you're taking notes, is focus on today. It's a really simple concept, but it's not always a really easy thing to do. But if you can focus on today and nail everything you're meant to do and put all your energy and effort into it, then you'll get where you need to go tomorrow. But you need to focus on today. Sometimes we put all our energy and effort on what's going to happen tomorrow that today doesn't get done very well. But maybe we just need to focus on today. Because do you know that when you stress out and worry about tomorrow and what's going to happen, it doesn't actually make that thing go away. You still have to do it. You're just grabbing the stress and the worry of it and bringing it into Monday for no particular reason. So why borrow tomorrow's troubles when you've got to do that anyways? Focus on today. Number two, change your perspective. Life can look really different if we just change our perspective. There was once five blind men and they decided to go for a walk. They're a little bit dangerous, risky blind men because I don't know how they stayed together. Maybe they held hands and they went out for a walk and all of a sudden they banged into something and they're like, oh my goodness, what, what is this? And a little voice says, this is my elephant. And so they're like, whoa. And the first guy is feeling along the elephant. He's like, I've always wanted to know what an elephant is just like. And now I know that an elephant is just like a wall. And the second guy had his arms wrapped around the, the leg of the elephant. He's like, a wall? He said, an elephant's nothing like a wall. In fact, an elephant is just like a pillar. And the third guy's like, a pillar? If your house is built with a pillar like that, I, I don't want a piece of it. And he was holding the trunk. And he's like, an elephant is more like a snake. Yes, an elephant's just like a snake. And the fourth guy was holding onto the tail and he was moving around. He's like, a snake? Snakes don't have hair. An elephant's just like a rope. Yeah, an elephant's just like a rope. And the last guy said, you're all wrong. An elephant, actually, and he was holding the thin part of the ear and just moving around. He said, an elephant's just like a leaf. 
An elephant is just like a leaf. The crazy thing about the story is they were all wrong, but they were all right. Parts of an elephant are like a leaf or a wall or a pillar or a snake, but the whole elephant isn't there. If they could actually see the whole picture, they would realize that those are just parts of a bigger picture. See, in our lives, sometimes there are things going on. We put all our energy and focus on it. And we're like, this is my life. It's never going to change. This is what, it, what it's going to amount to. And we need to realize that actually that's just a part of a bigger picture, of a bigger story that God is trying to play out in your life at this very moment. Maybe the things that you're worried about that are causing you stress and trouble, you don't actually have to worry about. Maybe if you change your perspective, they wouldn't look like troubles. They wouldn't look like worries. For example, maybe it's that person who has hurt you or offended you. You might, oh, that causes me real stress when I see them. I'm like, oh, I'm just so mad. Maybe it's an opportunity for you to exercise forgiveness. Maybe you're someone in here and you're like, oh, I just I have no time to do anything I want to do. And life's just too crazy and it's falling apart. Maybe it's an opportunity for you to exercise being organized. Maybe it's a family thing that's going down. You're like, oh, I'm so worried. I don't know what's going to happen. You don't need to know. Maybe it's an opportunity for you to pray. Maybe it's a friend that is really struggling and rather than carrying their burden, maybe it's an opportunity for you to point them to God. Maybe if we change our perspective, things wouldn't look like how we see them. And my last one is trust God over worry. Trust God over worry. Uh, being a youth pastor and a kid's director, uh, there are a few things we have to do. We have to do the kids program. We do two programs. There's five kids teams running on a Sunday and then we double that because there's two services and then we have youth crews and youth all-ins. So it's a busy life and sometimes I need help so I delegate things. Okay, A great leader knows how to delegate everything so we don't really have to do too much. And so I delegate things to people and there's two types of people that I can delegate jobs to. The first type of person, I'll say, hey, hey, Bob, uh, if your name's Bob, I'm not referring to you. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to offend you. Uh, Bob, hey, can you get this done for me? Can you set that up for me? And I know in my heart, when I ask Bob to do it, Bob is going to do it. Like, I don't have to check up on him. I don't have to worry about him. I do not have to supervise Bob. I will just turn up and, wow, Bob, thank you so much. No stress. I trust you. You're amazing. But then there's a different kind of person like Bill. And Bill, I ask Bill to do a job quite often, and Bill might be like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, don't worry about it. I got this. I'm super chill. And Bill might go out, and I have to check up on Bill. I have to supervise Bill. In fact, I'll do 90% of the work for Bill, even though I delegated it, because I can't fully trust Bill to do the job that I've asked him to do. And the crazy thing is that sometimes we treat God like he's Bill. Like, we're like, God, I'm really worried and stressed out about this, and I just really need your help. And then a little while later, we're like, hey, God, how are you doing? You doing all right, God? And we supervise him, and we check up on God. Like, are you, are you, can you handle it? Have I given you too much, God? Are you going to be okay with that load? God is not a bill. God is a Bob. God is like Bob. We say, God, I'm worried about this, and we give it to him. We cannot trust and be worried. At the same time, if we trust God, then let God do what only God can do. I think he can handle it. He did create the whole earth and stuff. So trust God over worry. 
focus on today. Change your perspective. Matthew 6, 25. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Do you know that God has given you everything you need for today? Today on Sunday, God has given you everything you need to tackle whatever you might come across. Every challenge you may face, every opportunity that might come your way, you can do it. God has given you everything you need. But what God has not given you today is what you need for Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday. God will give you what you need for Tuesday when you are in Tuesday. He will give you what you need for Friday when you are in Friday. So there's no point in saying, oh, I'm going to stress, I'm going to worry, I'm going to borrow tomorrow's troubles because God has given us everything we need for every single day, but he'll only give it to us when we actually need it. Jesus was a pretty chill guy, I would say. I would have liked to be his friend. I am his friend, but I mean, when he walked earth, he would have been a cool guy. It would have been 13 disciples. I would have been the 13th. Jesus never really stressed out about stuff. He kind of went for walks. You read about it all the time. Jesus went for a walk. Jesus saw a blind man and he saw an opportunity. Didn't stress him out. Jesus was like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? Guys, what should we do? Should we blow in his, his eyes? Should we mix it again? Should we try the sand thing again? Jesus didn't do that. He just saw an opportunity as it was. And he knew that God gave him what he needed for that day. Oh, there's 5,000 people to feed that have come listen to me speak. Jesus could have been stressed out about that. But he didn't because he knew that everything that he needed for that day, God would provide for him and God did. I get worried when two more people turn up to my house and I invite them. I'm like, I don't have food for you. But Jesus didn't freak out. Jesus didn't worry because he knew God was in control of everything. There was one time though in the Bible, Matthew, Luke, sorry, 22, And Jesus did stress out. It said, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and His disciples followed Him. On reaching the place, He said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and He prayed. I love that. When Jesus was stressed out, the first thing He did was He just prayed. And He got all His friends to pray with Him. We need friends like that, right? Who can pray with us so we're not just praying alone. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm stressed out, I go to Kyle or I watch Netflix or I go for a run I don't go for runs but you might go for runs to relax I never run I walk everywhere but whatever it is that we're stressed out about or worried about the first thing and the best option is to pray to the one who actually knows what's going on it says Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. His sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. I always used to imagine that as a kid, like Jesus was praying and then there was like blood. And I was like, that's, that's, I feel like that's just the Bible trying to make a point that he was really stressed. But I actually found out it's a condition. It's called hematidrosis and it's rare but very real medical condition where one's sweat will contain blood. The sweat glands are surrounded by tiny blood vessels. These vessels can constrict and then dilate to the point of rupture where the blood will then effuse into the sweat glands. Its cause is extreme anguish. Jesus was worried. He knew that His time was coming to die on the cross, but what I love is that Jesus took it one day at a time and He did it anyways. And He did it because He knew that it was a part of a bigger picture. In Romans 8, 28, it says, We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Jesus knew 
that he had to do what he had to do in that day because down the road, down the track, there were going to be hundreds of people who needed breakthrough, who needed miracles, who were worried and who needed a saviour to come into their life and give them peace and provide them with joy. So he knew it was just a part of a bigger picture and even though it may have looked like not such a nice time for him, he understood his perspective was every single one of us. So I just want to I just want to pray today for two things. The first one I just want to pray for anyone here today cuz I believe that prayer works. I wouldn't talk about anything I don't believe cuz I'm just a real straight up person. I believe that prayer works and so if you're here today, you can bow your heads and close your eyes everyone with me, but maybe you're feeling really stressed out, really anxious, you're worried about certain things in life that you seem to keep on replaying in your head like you know you go to sleep at night you can't sleep properly you can't function like you're meant to because you're so worried about things going on in your life or maybe you're just worried about things and you need to trust God and you want prayer if that's you here today could you just raise your hand for me I'd just like to pray with you awesome cool thanks guys awesome awesome it's cool cool you guys can put your hands down Father God I thank you for everyone who raised their hands I thank you that they were bold enough to say, that's me. Father God, we thank you that you recognize every single one of us and where we're at, Father God. And I pray for every single person who may be feeling stressed out, feeling worried, feeling anxious, Father God. We pray against that. We pray that you would help them to lean on you, that you would reveal yourself to them. Father God, if they need a miracle, provide that miracle. If they need breakthrough, if they need a shift, provide that, Father God. And we just break that stress, that anxiety, that worry off their life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The second thing I want to pray for so you can keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed is uh, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, you've never said yes to Jesus, uh, accepting Him into your life, or maybe you have and you feel like you've fallen away and you'd like to say, yes, Jesus, I want to do life with you again and you want to accept Him into your heart, then on the count of three, I'm just going to get you to raise your hand. All we're going to do is pray together. So if that's you, you're here today and you're like, I want to say yes to Jesus. On the count of three, can you raise your hand for me? One, two, three. Can you put it right up so I can see if there's anyone here? Awesome. Cool, guys. I see that. Hands. All right. You guys can put your hands down. Everybody, we're going to back you up because we're a big family here at Connect Church. And we're all just going to repeat after me. Father God. We better do it with a bit more uh, boldness in our voices. Father God, I thank you that you sent your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. Come into my life. Forgive me, God, for what I have done. Transform me from the inside out. Be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. Everyone said amen. Can we put our hands together for the people who put their hands?